military veterans have trouble basically reassimilating into society because they're used to everything kind of being decided for them. Their day's scheduled and, and now all of a sudden they're autonomous and it becomes really challenging for them because that was a significant portion of their life. And so they're left feeling sort of abandoned and alone. And it's like, who do I talk to? What do I do? Finding a job is difficult. As you mentioned, getting into a home is difficult. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Real Marketer Podcast. Every week, I coach a new realtor to help them find their next big opportunity to scale their business by leveraging Inabox's three-part scale engine framework. What does this framework provide? A brand that sells systems and automations that'll help you accomplish more with less energy and lead generation strategies that are built to scale. Each week, we leverage the scale engine framework to guide the conversation and provide practical, actionable advice. Our goal at Inbox and the Real Marketer Podcast is to help realtors scale their business and achieve phenomenal success in their careers. So whether you're just starting out or you've been in the industry for years, you'll find value in these coaching sessions. Join us every week as we speak with realtors from all over the country and help them take their business and their careers to the next level. And today we are joined by Trina. Trina, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Well, I appreciate you coming on to the show. Like I preface basically every single time, it takes a lot of courage to kind of come on and open yourself up and, and be vulnerable because in order for this to be effective, we have to get pretty granular and, and specific as to what's going on in your business. So thank you for that. So that being said, why don't you just give us a 10-foot a, a overview? Who is Trina? What's your story? Where are you from? Give us the whole, sh whole shebang. Okay. Well, I guess I'll go a little bit out of order. Um, first of all, I am in Arizona. I'm a second-generation Arizona native. Absolutely love it here. Um, I am, I cover all of um, Maricopa County, which includes the Metro Phoenix area and basically all surrounding cities. I also cover a little bit about a little bit of um, Pinal County and Yavapai County, which are the surrounding counties. Um, I came, I came from a 30 year career in healthcare. Before I started into real estate, I got into it. I got into healthcare because I loved helping people. And after 20 years in administration, it didn't feel to me like I was able to actually make a difference in people's lives because I was so far removed from the people that we were supposed to be helping. Um, so I, I got my real estate license and I worked part time in real estate for the last three years that I was in healthcare, I was helping about uh, four to five families a year on average. And about a year and a half ago, I decided to walk away from healthcare and give my all to real estate. Okay. So then you said the last three years working in healthcare, you were in real estate. And in the last one and a half years, you were going solo. So basically you've been an agent for four and a half years now? That's correct. Okay. So you mentioned, you said you were hopping about four to five. I wasn't sure if you said 45 or four to no, five. No, four to five. Four to five. I was, I was working about, I was working about 50 to 60 hours a week and doing real estate um, nights and weekends. That is a lot of work. It was a little bit too, it was a little much, but I, I chose the one that uh, brought me more, not only more freedom, but, um, a better sense that I'm actually making a difference for people directly. 
Okay, so then that kind of gets into the why. So the why you went into real estate is because real estate, like you said, brings more freedom and you're able to more directly at least help more people. That's correct. Okay. I help them in it. I, I look at it as I help them in a different way. And in healthcare, it's helping people um, heal, recover, get better, stay healthy. Um, and the, and real estate obviously is a, a completely different animal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm helping them with sometimes the, the largest investment that they'll ever make. And right. I need to make that a, a pleasant process as well. Let me ask you a random question. Sure. What does it, how would you describe the feeling when you are able to help somebody and you see kind of what you've done and that you made a difference in their life? What does that feel like to you? Um, it's, it's almost indescribable, you know, the, um, particularly the people that, um, you know, the first time home buyers or, um, some of the, you know, disabled veterans that didn't think that they could ever get into a house, um, seeing the look on their face, just going through the process with them, seeing their excitement and the look on their face when you hand them the keys to the first home that they've ever owned is just, I don't, I, I can't even find the words to describe it. It just, it makes me feel so great to know that I was able to help them, help them get there and achieve that goal. I think what's, what's beautiful is watching you not able to describe the feeling really says it says it all you know what i mean like you mentioned it's indescribable you said i don't even know the words like well those are the words that there are no words and it's a, <laughs> a really rewarding sort of feeling that you're going through so you said particularly first-time home buyers and disabled veterans yes you know i have the reason i say that or um and i don't mean to i'm not i'm not trying to discriminate between anybody by any means um, but some of my clients that, and I, I work with a ton of veterans and just those, some of those that are disabled, you know, they're on, they got disabled in service and, um, they don't have a ton of money and they think, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't buy a home. I don't have a down payment. You know, they, they think what everybody else is until they really get to exploring their VA benefits. And even that once they explore their benefits, they, they're still unsure. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to find a house. I have to get the seller to cover my closing costs. You know, I'm, I'm really in a bind. Well, I just, um, believe it was, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday of this week. I was able to get uh, a veteran family under contract in their first home, they have three kids, no down payment. They're coming with, they're coming up with a thousand dollars out of their pocket. And we got them under contract with, with all of their closing costs covered within wow. a week. And just the, the, the sheer excitement for them is, it just makes me feel like I'm doing good. That's amazing. That's amazing. So let's look at first time home buyers now. When you mentioned, okay, so so disabled veterans, you also said first time yes. home buyers. What what would you describe the process and the feelings that you're going through? Like, how, what does that look like for them, and what does it look like for you? Well, it 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 varies with every client, you know. But um, there are there are a number of first time home buyers out there that need additional resources, and you can't just go their traditional route. And you know, there there are programs for first time home buyers that they're not. Um, many of them are not aware of down payment assistance. 
Um, they just think that the pr process is too arduous and they, they just, they don't want to do it until, you know, you talk through them and show them the reality of being able to think outside the box and actually purchase a home and become a homeowner. They're, they're so excited because they've been, you know, either they're young and they've lived with mom and dad and they started renting or they've been renting for a long time because they just never thought that they could own a home. They're, it's, it's, it's a very, very similar feeling. Everybody likes an underdog story and it doesn't sound like you're any exception to that rule. <laughs> it sounds like you're looking after the little guy. But I'm here to look after anybody and I treat all of my clients the same, whether we're out looking at a two or $300,000 home or we're out looking at, you know, one and a half million dollar homes. Right. I, I firmly believe that they should get the same level of service. For sure. Obviously you, you know, I need to tailor it to, each each person's individual needs but as far as the level of service no everybody gets the same level of service and 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 this also sounds a little bit like it's almost like a mission statement for you would you say that generally speaking the same level of service is not provided based on income levels or based on budgets yeah typically yes. speaking. so mm -hmm. that's a problem then in your industry and then that kind of goes back to the why and your mission between behind why you operate the way that you operate on a day-to-day -day basis Right. And there's, there are some realtors out there that will not work below a certain price point. Yep. I, that's not me. No. Okay. Yeah. This is perfect. This is really making a lot of sense now. So what would you say then? Well, you said four to five, four to five per year. Is that currently you're, you're, you're doing about four to five transactions per year? Um, no, come to find out. I was, I was almost in the top 10 in our County last year with, uh, with nine. <laughs> Hey, nice. Okay. So, it's it's been a it's been a very slow year in the market. It's been it's been tough. So what cuz you have been going on an upwards trajectory. Would you say yes. that that's just typically speaking when you go when you're working the same job for longer more people know about you or are you doing something different or improving your processes to get more and to experience that growth? Continually improving processes. And what do those processes look like? learning, um, talking to folks that have done it um, and been successful, such as yourself. Um, there are a group of uh, realtors and coaches that um, I believe is how you and I connected. Um, they've, between my mentor and and these guys, I've really, I've really learned a lot and I'm, I'm finding what works for me. Yeah. It may, it does, it's not going to work for everybody, but I'm, I'm focusing on those and the consistency and it's, it is starting to pay off. I, I started the year with, um, with, with four new clients in the first week. Wow. Okay. So let's show some love to those coaches and some of those mentors that are kind of helping you get to that stage. Why don't you do some name dropping so the audience can go and check them out and we can help them grow their audience as well. Who is it? Uh, Walter Key, Brad Vandewall, um, Chris Rains. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Gibson and the whole, the, the whole double your income coaching staff of coaches. Okay. So just Kara, Kara McMaster, they bring her on the show. Um, she's great with some of the social media stuff. Um, but you know, these guys, these guys really, really have a lot of great information and they're willing to share it with people for free. Yes. So. 
these guys are they're actually all good friends of mine um not not Kara mcmaster i've never met, had the pleasure of meeting her also tyler gibson i've had just like one or two conversations with him but like robert bean walter key raymond Solseth, um Bradley oh yeah Ray. Oh, I, I i can't forget ray <laughs> well it's the whole w income coaching clan yeah. right so anybody listening to this who's looking for some good consistent um weekly coaching let's say outside of the real marketer podcast go check out w income coaching because because like we're saying it, it is free. There's a lot of value in that. That's really why I'm friends with them. I want to associate myself with as many people who align themselves with me and just try to give out as much value as possible. So if you like in this podcast because of the way that we approach it, then definitely go and check them out. But let's get back into you right now. Let's get back okay. into your story. So continuously improving your processes. And that's kind of how you're experiencing this growth. What, what would you say from a marketing perspective you're doing to generate those transactions? Um, I have, so I have a YouTube channel. I have, um, I'm on, I'm on TikTok. I do, uh, Instagram and Facebook reels, videos, um, pages, and really, really focusing on having those quality conversations rather than transactions, because having those quality conversations allows you to build the relationships with people. Once you build those relationships, the business will come. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot that you kind of mentioned that you got a YouTube channel, you got TikTok, Instagram, you've got pages. So there's a lot of different channels and mediums for you to manage. How are you going about posting on all of these things consistently? Um, several of them are automated. <laughs> um, I do. I have, I have uh, some automated blog posts that go out quite a bit on, um, you know, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and mm -hmm. Instagram. And over the holidays, I admit, I, I struggled quite a bit with posting content um, that contains video. So I'm, I'm really working to try to get back into that. Um, I, because I was just, I was generating, you know, short videos and some longer videos, some educational videos. Okay. But I'm managing it all myself. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. I mean, it, it really is a lot. Okay. So posting content more consistently, I'm assuming original content is something not also that you would forgetting the issue of bandwidth because maybe it's like i don't have the time to post original content to all five channels if hypothetically you did that would be a dream world well a lot of time a lot of times i'll i'll have like two different sets of content and i'll split them up between them so that i'm not posting the same content on every single one at the same time and then i'll kind of switch them up and you know post them on the other ones later What's the objection to posting the same content onto Instagram reels as let's say YouTube shorts? Um, on, on the shorts, I'll typically post them on, on multiple, but not every single one at the same time. I just, be, I, my fear is that if somebody follows me on say Facebook and Instagram and my YouTube, and they see the same thing on all three posted on the same day, they might become disinterested. Okay. Can we get into that for a moment? Sure. Just a little bit of mindset stuff here. Let You said your fear is, which yeah. is, by the way, it's always interesting. Anytime you start a sentence by saying my fear is, usually that's, that's a sign that that's where you should be doing. But when you say your fear is that if somebody sees you on YouTube shorts and on Instagram and TikTok, they might become disinterested. So we're a few steps removed before somebody does become disinterested. Because even if they do see you, 
let's face it, it's likely, in my opinion, that they'll only admire the fact that you're able to repurpose your content so much. But even if they do, let's take for granted that maybe they are disinterested. That's kind of what you're hoping to avoid. Yeah. Yes. And I'm, I'm recognizing that, that, that that's a fear and I'm really trying to get over my insecurities and get comfortable being uncomfortable. So yeah, a hundred percent. I actually want to take a more pragmatic approach though. Meaning I want to take more of like a business approach instead of like a therapy approach. Sure. I would say that, yes, statistically speaking, even if let's say that it is a possibility, let's put a number on it. Let's say that there's, I don't know, a 9% chance of that happening. I would say that there are audiences that enjoy working on Facebook, audiences that enjoy working on Instagram, audiences that enjoy working on YouTube, for example. So Mm -hmm. in my mind, I can only imagine that the likelihood of you being able to be connected to new and more people by doing the same content more consistently on all channels far surpasses the likelihood of somebody possibly seeing it on multiple times, multiple platforms, and then becoming disinterested and then deciding I was going to work with Trina, but now I decided I don't want to because she posted on Instagram reel and YouTube shorts. Do you know (laughs) what I mean? Yeah, I guess it does sound kind of silly. <laughs> it's it's fine. Like a lot of the time we get in our own head, which is why I know I know so often people kind of just scoff at mindset training and stuff like that. Like I know it kind of has, it sounds like very airy-fairy and voodoo stuff. But the reality is, is that the reason that it, it seems like, I don't want to be presumptuous, but it seems like the reason that you weren't until now posting to all of these platforms is because there was a mindset about what you think would be happening. But really the mind, mindset shift allows you to open up to a big opportunity that until now, I believe that you'd been missing. Correct. Correct. And I've always had insecurities about how I look, how I sound, you know, on, on video, but the truth of the matter is that's me and that's what they're going to see when they meet me. So, you know, if they think I look goofy, then they're going to think I look on video, then they're going to think I look goofy when they meet me. So (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. So I always used to have this, I, I, I always used to hate my voice. Like until like now, I mean, I'm all over the place. It doesn't really bother me at all anymore. But when I was younger, I used to hate my voice. And then when I was, let's say, just got into college, first year of college, I always thought I sounded like Kermit the Frog, which I think if you're listening to me, you can kind of hear what, what, it, what they're saying, what I thought. And then one of my friends said to me, he goes, he says, oh, hello, my name's Oliver. And I was like, why'd you say that? He goes, because you sound like Kermit the Frog. And it just wrecked me. And then oh, it was God. like, it was like all of my fears crashing down on me at once. But anyway, the point is, is it's like, that's the only guy who's ever said that to me. And it was, it was like everybody in the world hates their voice until I kind of get used to it. Um, I'm not really telling you that for moral support or advice. I'm kind of just telling you it was a funny story. Cause I think that you're sort of embracing the fact that you just got to do it anyway. So, okay. So that said, that, that was kind of a nice little digression over there. So let's get back into um, the, the, direction that I sort of want to take this and the direction that I want to take this is twofold. Um, I want for you to attract more of the right people. And I also want for you, and it's kind of concurrently, I want for you to be able to build a brand as an expert in a specific niche, a specific demographic so that your content becomes effortless and you can then attract more of the people that you want to work with. That's what I'm thinking. So there are multiple ways that getting really specific and hyper-focused on who you're actually trying to attract will benefit you in the long run run, and in the short term, obviously, as well. 
from a bottom line perspective. Like, for example, let's say we want to talk about disabled veterans. There's a lot of VA loans, a lot of those kinds of programs that are available to them. Mm-hmm. So I talk a lot about webinars because I'm very big into education and I think that it's really important. Usually people don't work with somebody. Let's say somebody doesn't think that they can purchase a home, but really they can. What you do for them is you educate them and show them that it is possible and then empower them to take the next step. So it all starts with education. Right. So I'm not going to get too into a webinar because I find that a lot of my podcasts recently have been discussing that. But just quickly to kind of mention it is that if you were to run a webinar and partner with a lender that specializes in VA loans, for example, you can run a webinar teaching veterans how to own a home. Right. And then you create the webinar, you create the slides, the ads, campaigns, everything like that. Go over to the lender and say, this is what I've got. I would like you to be the exclusive lender on this project. All you have to do is cover the ad spend to actually promote it. And I've, I've been trying to do that for first time buyers too, or just home buyers in general. Yeah. And um, I've actually had a little bit of a struggle with lenders being, being willing to um, step up and even help cover that ad spend. So lenders are like realtors who were, by the way, also like marketers a lot of the time is that there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of a scarcity mindset going on. Right. And which is why it's really important to find your circle. So as you mentioned, Walter, Raymond, all of these guys, they share knowledge like it's like it's free because they just want to be benevolent and they believe in abundance. I also do, which is why I resonate with them. I anticipate that you're kind of the same thing. And so to find a lender that believes in abundance and believes that, listen, I see the opportunity that you're presenting and I don't see a three hundred dollar price tag to cover ad spend. What I see is an opportunity that's only going to cost me three hundred dollars. I mean, it's insane what, what you're providing them. If somebody, if they wanted to go ahead and buy somebody else's program to teach them how to run a webinar, it would cost them thousands of dollars to do that. At, at least five from one that I know of. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We have it in inbox and, 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 and listen, the value ex- far exceeds the cost of the program, but yeah, it costs a pretty penny because we provide serious results. And one of the things that we provide them is the, are these webinars. And that's one of the biggest things that people love about our program. So yeah, there's a ton of value in, in doing that. So if you could create that program, get associated with the, with the right lender. And I think that you might have to do a little bit of research to figure out who are these quote unquote abundance mindset sort of lenders in your area, or maybe some of the more successful ones as well. Because mm-hmm. more successful ones, generally they're in that position because they see opportunities and they invest in themselves as opposed to people who see opportunities and just see a price tag. Right. So right. that's kind of just one thing. But I want to talk about two, two, two things more particularly, more specific for you that I okay. think would really help you. The first thing I want to talk about is how to create a lead magnet. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a great way for you to start generating leads without having to do manual cold outreach whatever that is. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think it's an extremely effective strategy. It's just very draining and we want to leverage your time better. And it's also my least favorite. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm all there. Like I agree with you 100%. I really do not like cold calling personally. Sometimes you got to do it, but I don't like it. But what if you were to create, for example, a military relocation guide to help military veterans be able to incorporate themselves back into society? So- A lot of the time, and I know this because I've had conversations, military veterans have trouble basically reassimilating into society because they're used to everything kind of being decided for them. Their day's scheduled, and and now all of a sudden they're autonomous, and it becomes really challenging for them because that was a significant portion of their life. And so they're left feeling sort of abandoned and alone, and it's like, who do I talk to? What do I do? 
Finding a job is difficult. As you mentioned, getting into a home is difficult. And so these are some of the challenges that a lot of military veterans are facing. So if you were to create a proprietary three-step process, a three-step military relocation guide for veterans in Phoenix, mm -hmm. then you can now break down the process of a military veteran to re-inculcate themselves into society. So let's say step one is brotherhood all about building a network of people in your area getting accustomed and acquainted with all of the other military veterans in their area so that they don't feel so lonely and mm -hmm. you can talk about that you have your own let's say network so you build your own network of military veterans you can introduce people and then you're basically now almost like the leader of this group of military veterans you connect people you have this program and also as a side point in your program you help them also relocate and buy their home right so now you're building a network, you're connecting these people, so you're adding sincere value to them. And now instead of going over to mil military veterans, either when they're ready to buy a home or asking them, are you ready to buy a home? It doesn't matter about if they're ready to buy a home. You're saying, hey, I have this program where I help military veterans find each other, right? And, and connect with each other and build this brotherhood. And I'd love for you to be a part of it. Who's going to say no to that? Right. They are now in your network. So that's in Arizona, there's also um, and I'm sure there is in other states, too, but there's there's actually um, a certification through the Association of Realtors for military relocation. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I would go ahead and if, if you want to implement this strategy that we're going to talk about, that yeah. sounds like it's perfect for you. Okay. So let's say step one of the military relocation guide is brotherhood. Mm -hmm. Step two of the military relocation guide could be employment, let's say. So you have your own. I don't know, process, quiz, whatever that they have to follow to identify what is their skill set, right? Like almost like an aptitude test. What's their skill set? What jobs were they responsible for in the military? And what jobs are available for them in your market based on their skill set and what they did? Mm -hmm. And then again, you're talking about building a professional network of business owners. You spoke about that before the call today. You can now connect business owners, military veterans. And now you're building a network again and real estate hasn't even come into it. But now you have a network of military veterans who are coming to you to help them meet other military veterans. You're, ne you're doing all of this networking. You're now speaking with business owners and helping them connect with other military veterans so that they can make, they can employ each other. And then you're helping add value there. You haven't even spoken about real estate yet, which is step three of the program, which is relocation. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start talking about why home ownership is possible for them. And you talk about all of the options for available to them, the VA loans, this, that. Essentially, you're creating value, not what you want them to do, but what they actually need. And then you're aligning yourself with them. Right. So a lot of the time, the challenge when it comes to marketing is people, obviously, we know all know the saying, add value first or value firstly with value. But how many people actually do that? So people say, for example, if you have any questions about real estate, give me a call. Let's be real. We've all made a post like that. Nobody freaking calls because I don't want to call you. I don't, I don't have any questions about real estate. If I did, I'd go on Google or whatever. <laughs> That's not value. Value right. is you got to understand me, right? Imagine like, like, like a, God forbid, like a family member is going through some tra challenging time. They may not always come up to you and ask for help. If you want to be a good supportive family member, you have to go over to them and say, hey, are you okay? Right. You have to initiate that conversation where they're at. Right. So a military veteran, what do they need? They need help 
with support. They need help with employment. They need help basically reassociating themselves into society. And that's where you're going to understand them, meet them where they're at. So help create a brotherhood, a network of people that you can, that you can um, connect people with, um, employment network, people that you can help military veterans kind of find employment in their area. And then, like I said, finally, relocation. We help them actually realize that purchasing a home is actually possible. And then just to kind of show you how it all ties together, at every stage that they're at, let's say you have automatic email campaigns, whatever that may be, but your entire brand is how purchasing a home is possible for military veterans. And once they've associated with you to connect with all other military veterans, once they've associated with you to help them find a job in wherever they're at, they're also seeing your other content that's consistently showing them, here's what you can do to purchase a home. Here's what I just did for this family. Here's what I'm doing here. And then right. they kind of start to realize. And that's, that's why building up your network of people before they're ready to purchase a home will really pay off in the long run. Great. Thank you. So that's that, a, Those are some great ideas. Yeah. So I think that that is really going to allow you to kind of become the leader of this network, the leader of this group, and get into the conversation before the quote unquote real estate conversation is actually being had. And I think that this will tie in really nicely to the second and final thing that I wanted to discuss, which is the content piece mm -hmm. where there's a lot of different channels that you're facing. And in order to make the strategy that I'm about to show you, about to tell you, there will be a, you'll have to embrace the fact that it's okay to post the same pieces of content onto multiple platforms. But let's say if you had a podcast, right? Right. Or you've got a YouTube channel. What, what kind of things do you discuss on your YouTube channel? Um, I, I've, I only have posted um, a few times. I've done some shorts. I've done some um, videos that I've done at open houses. Um, quick home tours. Um, and pretty much that's, that's it. One of the videos I did was, um, was on divorce and real estate. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank of course, cause I'm on the spot, but, um, I don't have enough content on there. I know that, but the majority of it is real estate focused. Actually, all of it is. Um, okay. I, I had an, inter I, I did a couple of interviews with a lender, um, probably about a year ago, um, you know, just talking about the home buying process and different steps, things like that. So just to make a quick tweak on the actual content strategy, I think it'll make it a lot easier for you and a lot more valuable for your audience. Because remember we spoke about, you have to meet them where they're at. So yes, the real estate content, yes, it's all stuff that you know and that you're comfortable with, which I think is just as important, if not more important than being able to reach them where they're at because you have to speak in a way that's authentic to you. Mm -hmm. What would become really cool is if you could speak in a way that you understand that it really does resonate with you and you can be, be as authentic as possible while still meeting them where they're at. So if you could re, let's say, structure your social media or your content strategy to content that is catered to, for example, military veterans, where you talk about your three-part process and everything that you're talking about on your YouTube channel is in a different way, in some way, shape, or form, fits into your three-part process. What right. could that look like in action? For example, my podcast, I have a three-part scale engine framework. Every single podcast that I do, I essentially use my framework for coaching. That's what I'm doing right now. I refer back to my framework and I talk about it. And every time someone listens and is, quote unquote, impressed by what I'm saying, really, it validates my framework every single time. So you have your own framework, let's say. So mm -hmm. 
again, we, we just let's say tentatively, we said it was it was brotherhood, um, employment, and relocation. Right. So you could instead of just doing home tours, you could talk to someone who has who purchased a home with you. For example, this last family that just happened, you mentioned, talk to them and talk about the process and what they thought, interview them about it, right? So that would be a great piece of content. Mm-hmm. And then also you could talk about events that you're running if you'd like, or different things that are available to military veterans in your area, different services available to them. And that is your content. And it, it's very catered to the person and to the people that you're actually trying to reach. You're hitting them where they're at, you're building yourself as an authority and then to bring it all home together, you take the videos that you're posting long form, you break it down into multiple shorter segments and you post those short segments on YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, TikTok. So now you've got YouTube channel, YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, Facebook reels, TikTok. You're now building your authority. You're building your database and you always have that lead magnet to refer back to. And that for me sounds like a perfectly bundled up marketing strategy. Well, and um, edit editing and um, cutting video, things like that. I have to learn how to do that. So I'm, I'm sure I can learn how to do it on YouTube, but um, you know, when, when I have a video and I'm, I say it's a minute and a half and I want to just cut it down to 30 seconds, I'm, I'm still working on how to do that. And I know it's probably pretty simple. It's just not something that I've done. So instead of doing that, what I'll do is I'll just record shorter videos. Yeah. So you could do that. I will tell you that recording shorter videos, there's a time and a place. I'm not against that at all, but I'm always looking for the best and most sustainable opportunity for you to scale your business. And it does take, once you learn how to edit, it does actually take less time to edit one long form piece of content and to create a whole bunch of new ones. Um, and you're also just, you're at, you're also advertising the long form piece of content with a short form because they might see something that they like and then they want to go and find a full video or something like that. But I would say that, yeah, I, I think that there is an element of having to learn how to do it or what you could do, because now that you've got the strategy all tied in, you know exactly what you're doing. You could honestly hire people on Fiverr for not very much money. And as long as you give them the timestamps and provide to them a style that you're looking for, find anybody anywhere on YouTube that does something similar to what you're looking to do and say, I want it to look kind of like this. Here are the timestamps, pay them $10 a video, $7 a video, see what they can come up with. And I mean, you can get a lot done with not a lot of money. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. I have, I've heard of Fiverr, but I've never used it. So my video editor, I actually found him on Fiverr and he does all of my stuff now. He's, I hired him outside of Fiverr now, but I found him on Fiverr and he was excellent. So it's, it's a marketplace of people. So sometimes the people are going to be really bad there. Sometimes they're excellent. It's, it's really hit and miss, but there's, they have reviews on Fiverr. You can see the work that they've done in the past. It's like Amazon. You're buying a product you're not familiar with, but they have reviews and other people's experiences to refer back to. So it's just like that. So give it a go. Spend not a lot of money at first just to test it out. Worst case scenario, you wasted $7 and <laughs> that's okay. I'll give that a shot. Thank you. Okay. How do you feel about this strategy from two perspectives? Number one, from a exciting perspective, does it make you feel excited and, and almost like you're, you could feel passionate about doing content and creating content and building your authority? Yes, absolutely. And, and then the second thing, and just as important, um, do you feel like this is overwhelming and something that will have a short lifespan or do you think that you'll be able to maintain this long term oh no i think i'll be able to maintain it long term 
Fantastic. So all the strategies and ideas discussed in this episode were made possible by Innobox and the Scale Engine Framework. If you'd like to learn more about how you can scale your business to the next level, you might want to check out Innobox, which is a coaching program and CRM designed exclusively for realtors. Our team of experienced professionals and coaches will guide you through a proven three-part scale engine framework to help you scale your business and achieve success, just like you heard on today's episode. Innobox includes one-on-one coaching, access to a private community of like-minded realtors, a variety of resources and tools to help you scale your business, the complete three-part scale engine blueprint for you to follow at your own leisure, one of the most comprehensive and simple-to-use CRMs on the market, and way more. Guys, don't let your competition get ahead. If you're ready to scale, then now is the time to invest in yourself and your business with Innobox. Guys, go to goinnobox.com to learn more and sign up today. And if you'd like to apply to be a guest on the show, send an email to oliver at goinnobox.com and let me know why you think you'd be a good fit. Trina, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. And I'm looking forward to watching you implement these strategies and scale your business to the moon. Oliver, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure.